Hey, hello, how are you? This is a show for everyone else. Instead of going after top 1% of the world, we dedicate this podcast to celebrate the lives of the unsung heroes and self-made artists. That just gave me a different perspective on life, you know, and a different outlook. And I was like, cheapers, it is so short and you never know when it's going to get taken away. Um, it's literally not, it's not in your control, basically. You have to start. You, you don't know how good you're going to be until you actually start. And you're always going to be very average when you start and you just need to kind of accept that. People learn mostly from others' stories and they can really relate to people's stories. And there's always something within a story that people go, wow, wow, that's amazing. Or yes, I know what you're talking about. You've got to strip away all the ego, anything that you ever have. If you want to progress, you've just got to constantly um, be evolving. Patience is going to eventually win. You have to have extraordinary amounts of it um, in terms of whatever you're doing because nothing happens as quickly as you want it to. And you always need to take a step back and recalibrate when times are difficult and remember why you're doing this. Hi there, what's going on? This is Fei Wu, and I'm the host for this podcast called Face World, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. Today, uh, we have a regular interview episode. We put in a lot of effort into producing these longer form interview episodes, and um, I truly hope that they will add value to your personal and professional life. And as always, I look forward to hearing from you. We can be reached at FaceWorld uh, everywhere on social media and also hello at FaceWorld.com. Well, today, uh, Gareth Martin is our interviewee. He is a podcaster and executive lifestyle coach. Born and raised in beautiful South Africa, now living in London in the UK. So moving to London was a decision he made in his late teens after visiting the city. He fell in love and decided to stay. After finding himself working as a banker for a very long time, Gareth decided to build his own business. He is the type of person who lights up every room. He's engaging, optimistic, and incredibly warm. He talks about that there are many motivational people out there who explain the importance of having a purpose and a why in life. With the decisions he faces, which influences and defines his life, he always likes to ask himself, why not? So we want to pause, or perhaps as you're listening to this episode, ask yourself, what is your why not? When he was 16, he experienced the worst physical setback which has ever happened to him. It also ended up being one of the best life lessons a person could have. On July the 7th, 1997, just before 7 p.m., Gareth was hit head-on by a car driven by a drunk driver. He was hit while traveling at about 80 kilometers per hour on his Yamaha motorbike. Since then, and each day, he reminds himself to be thankful for being alive. 
I can relate to his story also as a teenager who chose to immigrate and live in a foreign country without our parents. It was a daring act and, and turned our world upside down in a good way because it taught us resilience and how to adapt the world around us. In 2018, I had the pleasure to meet Gareth in person in London and had a blast. That is what, and will always remain to be my favorite part of starting my podcast. And that is to meet guests and you listeners in person. Many of you out there are doing interesting things already. It's a privilege to have the time and money to work on our passion project. We are only human and most of us want to see growth and purpose right away. But building a small business isn't always glamorous. It often isn't. Yet, mass media will continue to show us what we want to see, the shortcuts, the overnight success stories. It's the same thing as winning the lottery, and trying to win the lottery isn't a strategic plan. Instead, Gareth helps pinpoint what you can do to control your destiny, and most importantly, have fun along the way. Not everyone is ready to be vulnerable about their path to success or failure. And we are on a path with stories and learning that are so worth capturing. Gareth is doing that with his podcast, The Ridiculously Human Podcast, and me with FaceWorld. Our podcasts and each episode within it is quite like leaving the M&M trails behind us. And it's easy to look back on the path we've gone on and see what worked and what didn't and continue to be open-minded about trying new things that may or may not work. I think this is the true power of starting that blog, that podcast, that YouTube channel, then sitting with yourself for recollections of our precious memories. Without further ado, please welcome the unforgettable, genuine, and ridiculously human Gareth Martin to the Phase World podcast. When I saw your kid or nickname as your middle name being China, I mean, it immediately intrigued me because I'm Chinese. And all of a sudden I was thinking like, is he like a quarter Chinese? Or what is this relationship <laughs> to China? So, uh, That's classic. Explain. Yeah, no, for sure. So basically uh, in Johannesburg, um, all guys call each other China and, um, well, not all guys, but a lot of us do, you know, a lot of us that are real Johannesburg uh, guys. And um, it's because it actually originates from uh, British rhyming slang or, or Cockney slang. So China plate uh, stands for mate. And uh, that's what, and then we, I guess, and somehow in South Africa shortened it to just saying China. So all the guys will always walk around going, hey, how's it going, my China? The interesting story is actually when I moved to London about... 20 years ago, I moved into a house with all these Australian guys and I started playing Australian rules football with them. And there was always like 80 to 100 guys at training. It was like amazing. And I was the South African guy, like 18 years old, running around going, kick the ball to me, China, kick the ball to me, China. <laughs> and um, Australians as they are, they just love nicknames. So China became my nickname because I called everyone China. So literally... I haven't been able to yeah you know, get rid of it, but I love it now. You know, like that's what people know me as China, and I'm, I'm I really I really like the nickname, so that's why I use that on Facebook as well. I love your story, and I love your recent writing on Medium, and 
you know, it's it's different. Sometimes as a podcaster or blogger myself, and which you are one as well, we don't always have the time or the sometimes the tendency to write long form articles to really reflect our lives. Cause you know, I think we all fall into not really a trap, but sort of the the formula of listening to other people's stories, putting our guests, um, everyone else at first. So I was really intrigued by the stories you've been sharing. Some of that I know from the fact that uh, that you moved from South Africa to London and uh, to England, and that was a pretty big deal. Could you tell us a bit about that decision? Because you clearly you haven't even gone to college at that point, and you're fairly young, and it was a pretty significant move, uh, distance and, and culturally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. Maybe if I just take it back a, a step before that, uh, when I was 16 years old, uh, me and my friends always used to have motorbikes and we used to ride around on our motorbikes and, um, you know, that's what, that's what we kind of did. And I actually had a very serious motorbike accident when I was uh, 16 and it was me, I was on my bike and then behind me was my was my best friend on his motorbike and it was the thir- a Thursday afternoon, uh, four o'clock in the afternoon or something, we had just finished gym and basically I got hit by a drunk driver and I was pretty much like on my deathbed basically. But um, fortunately behind us there was an ambulance or not even an ambulance, a, a guy that was that worked for the ambulance and he was off duty on his way home. And if it wasn't for that guy, basically I couldn't, wouldn't be here today having that, this conversation with you. So I was basically resuscitated and, and taken to hospital and survived eventually, but with, with like some, some quite serious injuries. And I think that just gave me a different perspective on life, you know, and different outlook. And I was like, cheapers, it is so short and you never know when it's going to get taken away. Um, it's literally not, it's not in your control basically. So then when it came to high school, like the end of high school, my, my, my last year of high school, I went to the UK. It was my first overseas trip. And we went to, yeah, we kept, went to the UK on a rugby trip. And it was amazing. It was like 35 of us. It was just like the best time ever. And we ended up with our last four days in London. And I was like, I love London. And yeah, and that just stuck with me. And then when it came to finishing school and everyone applying for university and these sort of things, I was like, wow, I I don't really know what I wanted to study. I, oh, I did know. I thought I wanted to study like physiotherapy. So um, I was like, that's what I want to do. But I want to go and see the world actually. And what better way to do it than to, you know, go back to London where, uh, where it kind of all started for me. Yeah, I was just young and naive, to be honest with you. Uh, basically what happened is I booked a a book to trip um, to go to America, which was in the middle of the year, uh, to be a camp counselor in America. And I was like, this is so cool. I'm going to go work in America in summer, you know, because you always see this on television. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to go work in a, in a summer camp. But then either side of that, um, I didn't have anything to do. So I decided to go to the UK. I guess you're young and naive and I just packed my bags and I went. I knew a couple of people. Um, I had a bit of family, but I'd never actually met any of these people in person. Uh, did my stints in the UK for the first bit. Went to America, worked in the summer camp, which was absolutely amazing. And then I went back to the UK and I'd moved in again with these Aussie guys that I'd met and... I just decided to stay because I was having such a good time and I was only 19 and I was like, 
okay, let's just see what if I can stay for another year because I had a two-year visa. And that was it, basically. And that I was just, 20 years ago. 20 years I, ago, yeah. Can you believe it? 20 years ago. And then did you say that you never went back? I never, I mean, I've been back on holiday. Oh, okay. okay. But, but no, yeah, I've been back on holiday, yeah, but not, not to live, that's for sure. Yeah, wow. That is a long time. I mean, what, how did your parents react to that when you were 18? You said, mom and dad, you know, I'm really excited. Were they being supportive? Were they scared? I, I think, I mean, I don't really remember. They seem to be pretty supportive. Um, I had a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a difficult um, sort of, my parents got divorced basically when I was quite young and, you know, it was, it was a bit of a messy divorce and that was a little bit difficult. So it was, it was kind of always hard to know how your parents felt um, in some sort of way, but, but they, they were definitely uh, supportive as far as I can remember. And um, that's your journey. And I find it intriguing because when you interviewed me, we spend a lot of time talking about my origin stories and, I think in so many ways, it's just so relatable that we each went from somewhere to somewhere else and without much overlap. It's you know not like you spend a long time in the U.S. or There is something really profound about that. And I noticed the fact that ever since the date, you know, day one that I arrived in the U.S., I made it a point to really immerse myself in other people's cultures. And that was not a forceful act. I just found it to be so intriguing. The food you get to experience, the accents, the culture, little things that it's hard to put my fingers on almost. And what was it like for you to grow up? Like, did you, now you've lived, spent so much time on the, like, let's just say the Western world, like, and then to see yourself as a kid, what does it feel like? Uh, South Africa is the most beautiful place ever. And I feel so blessed and fortunate that I grew up in South Africa. Our bringing and our outdoors lifestyle is just the most amazing thing ever. And I, I actually almost feel sorry for people, say, in the UK and, and because they don't get to experience what we did in South Africa. You have such an amazing climate that you're always basically outside. And we are so fortunate in South Africa as well that we have this amazing wildlife. Like you almost become, you know, it doesn't become like a big deal because every every few months you go to the bush and you spend time in the bush and you see elephants and lions and buffalo and uh, zebras and and all these amazing incredible animals and you almost just get used to it you know this was this is like an hours from my house you can drive there and you can go and you can do a game drive and see these animals and actually just up the road from my house in south africa is a place called the lion park and it's the coolest place ever because they have they have like lion cubs and then they have also when uh, the lion cubs you can actually go into the enclosure and you can literally pet them and you know they'll come up to you and they they're just so beautiful and so friendly you know south africa's definitely it's got its problems of course but the more i see of the world these days the more i realize that that everywhere has its issues um, that's for sure. I mean, we have a, you know, quite a well-known history when it comes to apartheid. That that was a, that was a very dark time for our country, and um, I mean, I grew grew up in it. And fortunately, while I was pretty young, apartheid was ended. 
and uh, the country changed. It transformed over time. But, you know, it took a, it was a very confusing time and it took a lot of, uh, you know, it's still, it's still trying to figure itself out, basically. How old were you at the time? Eight, ten years old or even younger than that? Yeah, no, I was nine years old. So I think in 1990 was when it's officially ended. And I think, and then 94 was when Mandela came out of prison. And it was an incredible moment in history. Yeah, South Africa and South Africans are, are super proud of who they are and, and, and what they are. And, uh, but they also, that is that very dark past, which, uh, which no one is, is happy about at all, but it all, but it was just, I mean, yeah, it was just part of, of our society. There's, there's lots of good stories now. And we had some great people that came out of it, like Nelson Mandela, one of the most amazing people in the world. But there's this crossover at some point, you know, between say the, the black cultures and the white cultures. And we, we, we feel African, do you know what I mean? We, that's so, so it's, it's in us and we're so much stronger when we are together. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about your podcast. This is like a 180 thing. What are, I mean, you've been running your show, let's just call out the name, the Ridiculously Human podcast. And you've been running it for how many years now? Two years? No, well, we've done it for about a year and a half now. So a little less than a little less than that. I think we started in October 2017 now. So uh, wow. yeah, yeah. You guys are unstoppable. You're releasing it on a regular basis, email, all that. I mean, well, it's really incredible what you have learned, but but you also experience so much of good, I don't want to say bad, but different styles of interviewees because you know, you've spoken with so many people. Unlike casual conversations at a coffee shop, we've all experienced that in our lives. And even then we know who we like and how to have a good conversation with some people are completely unable to hold a conversation. If we break it up, what are your thoughts on the things you learn as an interviewer? What's good practice and, you know, what's good, what's not so good, or maybe some gray area that you're still exploring as well? So first of all, I think you have to start. You, you don't know how good you're going to be until you actually start. And you're always going to be very average when you start and you just need to kind of accept that. Uh, that's a given for whatever you do in life. And for us, in terms of being a good interviewer, what we found the most important things for us is to do research. So make sure that you spend a good amount of time researching your guests uh, so that you have a good understanding about their lives. Because our, pod our podcast is all about people's lives and their stories and, and things that they've done and achieved and been good at. So we have to know that for the podcast to actually go well. So research is absolutely key. There's a whole process. So being super friendly, nice and polite on email is, it sets the tone for things. So you, you calm the interviewer down, interviewee down and they're like, they know what to expect. They're like, okay, cool. These guys are, are they're nice, they're fun, they're polite. Um, they've given me a good heads up. Uh, this is a, that's a good base to start off at. And then what we've found that we've done recently, or not recently, probably for about the last year, is we, we always had a storyboard. Like that's the research that we did. But what we've started doing is we've actually started uh, writing out questions as well. And um, when we were at Podcast Movement last year, we spoke to this girl and uh, she used to work in radio and she actually gave us some really great tips. And she's like, you've got to have hook questions. So make sure that you, you know, so that your listeners 
uh, are intrigued from from the start, and that you can start off with something big. So make sure you have a have a couple. Have, we have three hooks: middle, sorry, beginning, middle, end. And what does a what does it mean to have a hook question? Like, what's an example of a hook versus non-hook question? I guess. Okay, so it's it's a big question, you know. So you can go. So Faye, tell me about when you were sixteen. You had just your bag. You had five hundred dollars, and you got a flight to America, not knowing when you were going to come back. That's a hook question okay. as opposed to, so Faye, like the hot dogs in America, you didn't really like them much, did you? Do you know what I mean? That's just like a, yeah. that's just like a, a kind of normal question. But, but you use yeah. your normal questions between your hooks. Yeah, so, so, so those are probably the, the primary things, I think, uh, when it comes to being a good interviewer. Um, and, and also just making sure at the start of the call, you have a bit of a setup procedure, you calm down your, uh, your guests, not calm down, but I'm just saying sometimes people are a little bit nervous. So you just say, look, this is just us having a chat. Uh, it's about you. There's nothing you have to remember because it's just you and, uh, nothing's live. Uh, we can edit stuff out if you say stuff that you don't like. And, uh, that just puts people at ease and makes them, makes them more comfortable to speak. Hi there, you're listening to the Face World podcast. This is your host, Faye Wu. Born and raised in beautiful South Africa, now living in London, Gareth Martin is a podcaster and executive lifestyle coach. We met through Seth Godin's ELT MBA. Change your question, change your life. What is your why not? Wow. I, I love that. And I also notice as a guest, and I also listen to a good number of your episodes, I notice that you both, you and your co-host, both are very into origin stories about people's lives. You just mentioned the whole, the stories, it's about their stories. So there's something very comforting about that, to ask someone about who they are as people before their names, their accomplishments, their talents, what they're known for, even before the titles, are you a mother or father or who you are to other people, but who you are to yourself. And that was very comforting. So was that yeah. intentional as well? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the reasons we started our podcast was because of stories we had been telling each other and things that had happened in our life. Like, you know, our grandfathers had told us these amazing stories. And what we find is that people learn mostly from other stories and they can really relate to people's stories and there's always there's always something within a story that um, people go wow wow that's amazing or yes I know what you're talking about and the only way you're going to find that out is by asking them their origin story and I think there's so much value in that like humans have always learned from each other through storytelling you know back in the day the bushmen used to have their campfires and they'd sit around the fire and they'd share stories about their day hunting and this and that and about what their ancestors used to do. And effectively, what we're doing now, I guess, with our podcast is we're just uh, telling other people's stories or, or getting them to tell us their stories. And there's there's just something beautiful in listening to to someone else's experience. And you never know, through telling your story, there's probably somebody else that is going through what you went through and they can learn from it. They can, they can learn how you, you know, overcame it or whatever that, whatever you did. And, um, there's, there's just some magic in, in that, I think. Yeah. I love talking to people and, you know, I kind of want to combine almost like the combine two questions into one, which is, 
Um, speaking of the techniques or preparation for a guest, for the interviewee, what are some of your advice and recommendations? Because I know there are a few things in my mind. I feel like I, I love it when the guests would understand certain things and kind of certain rhythm. Like what are the things that guests could do to become better guests? <laughs> cool. Well, well, basically, I think to be a good guest in that instance is on our podcast, what we do, like I said, is we pr- produce a, and put together a, a long storyboard. So we do probably about two hours research on each guest, listening to podcasts and um, checking websites and all these sort of things. And we send that over to our guests. And so we just say, can you please read through uh, your storyboard here? And we often put play, like things in red, like bold red and, and with a question mark. And we say, we couldn't find much about you in you know, this instance and in, in phase in your life. Can you please just fill it in and tell us? So I would say that would be that that's a good one for us. So make sure that uh, whatever request that your interviewer has sent you, you to basically you know you honor that request and and do that. I think make sure that you have everything set up. Like I really liked uh, your your scheduling uh, that you use with Acuity where it was so like transparent and, and so clear for what I needed. So yeah, those are probably, I mean, and just make sure that you, that you rock up in a good mood. If you're an, you know, I mean, yeah. be, l- look decent uh, because for us, we do, to, we do video as well. Look decent, make an effort, come in a good mood and uh, just, yeah, smile and share your story in a good way, you know, because uh, this is how people are going to remember you from our podcast, at least if they listen to you. I love that. And if I may add to that, I notice when I interview people, people come from all sorts of backgrounds. So some people are professional speakers and that could go one way or the other. Sometimes they're professional they know exactly when to pause. They speak in full sentences. Some speakers are what I literally mean, you know, keynote speakers and there was without much back and forth. So I've had people at the beginning who would speak for 20 minutes straight, like, we, we were in the same room as that person wasn't even making eye contact and then just went on. Uh, there's no breakthrough. You know, sometimes stories, and this is different for me, if a story is so engaging, I don't want that person to necessarily cut it short or trying to summarize and speed it up. But I think as a guest, sometimes it's also, you have to be conscious of that it's a conversation and not a monologue, you know? A hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it's so funny. Like, I'm not going to say any names, but we had a had a guy on our podcast, and I had been looking forward to having this guy because he's very high profile. And wow, this guy just carried on. Like, literally, he almost just went through the whole thing. Like, he would he would just go on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And Craig and I were just like standing there and. We're like, oh, this is he's just going, you know what I mean? And yeah. but it's also a lesson for for us as as interviewers. You, you at some point you just need to be rude, and you need to butt in somehow. It, it's an art to work out how to do it politely. But yeah, if you're an interviewee, definitely don't carry on for too long. Stop at a certain point and allow the person to ask you another question. Yeah, exactly. I think what the the for a guest, sometimes it feels awkward, but if you think of it this way, that number one, there's a reason for those to be in the interview and there's an opportunity for the interviewer to ask you really interesting questions because that person is interested. 
And thirdly is for listener, it's actually really tiring and really exhausting on the ears to listen to the same person speak super fast. And especially when it sounds scripted for so long. I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's an art on both sides. And I think the more you the more you interview and the more interviews you do, uh, the better you're going to become. But but you have to have some sort of self-awareness too. Uh so the title for your podcast, Ridiculously, The Ridiculously Human Podcast, how did you come up with that name? What was the urge? Uh, it's a, it was a classic, just like, it, it just kind of happened. So, you know, you and I have spoken about this before and, and there's, a, there's a way of coming up with ideas uh, called brainwriting, uh, which, is, which is similar, I guess, in a way to, to brainstorming, but... Uh, Craig and I were just sitting down before we started our podcast and we had a, a Google Docs uh, open or Google Sheets, I can't remember which one. And we just started writing down names and some of them were just words. And I don't know, it was probably like five minutes into the into the process and we'd written like all these different names. And I, I can't remember, one of us said ridiculous. And then there was like a human somewhere else in, in one of the other names and then we started we started going through all of them again and we just went, hey, what about ridiculously human? And we we're like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. But is it a bit like, will people get it? You know, like is, is ridiculously a thing that all people will get because will they think it's stupid or, or what? But then we we're like, no, no, this is, you know, ridiculously is like a cool word. It's like a positive word. And um, we slept on it. And that was it. It was literally just a bit of brain writing, and we probably came up with the five in, within five minutes. And we were actually we were pretty chuffed. We were like, "That's a quite a cool name." <laughs> and um, it's interesting because a few of our guests they were like, "How could I not come on a podcast that's called the Ridiculously Human Podcast?" Which is which is pretty cool. But yeah, that was how we did it, Tefe. Eh? That was how we did it. Um, I. When I talk to other podcasters, especially people starting out, and people struggle on the name, and it's almost painful and, and sad to watch that people will spend months, sometimes a year, just sit on the name with all these episodes waiting to be recorded, and and people find that name is not changeable. I mean, I get it, it's not something you want to change every every month, every year, but you know, your podcast name is is general. So did you find it easy to kind of brand or market your show or do you find in some aspects difficult because it's not called the passive income podcast or something super specific a niche totally it's been it's been something which Craig and I have spoken about literally since the day we started we like okay what is our we say niche just so you know not not niche um, or, or niche as in America but so we we constantly kind of battle with this we like do we need to niche up do we need to niche up and, and find like our real true audience who they are? We we did write an avatar because I think that's important. We did do that at the start. So we have an idea of what of who our avatar is. And and you re, you read a lot of things like, you know, Seth Godin, as we know, he says you've got to really find your your minimum viable audience, basically, and and target those people. You've got the story brand marketing stuff where it says you've got to you've literally got a niche and stuff. So it is something that's constantly on our mind. 
but I think we actually have a niche anyway. Like maybe it's not a like a sub sub niche, but we have a niche. You know, I think first of all, long form is a niche. There's not many people that are going to listen to an hour and a half podcast. Um, but it is it is a challenge, and it is something we always we always uh, think, we always speak about and think about. And, and I think you've constantly got to be evolving with with whatever you do. You know, so if it's not the niche, it must be something else that within your podcast which is changing. So you you've got to strip away all the ego, anything that you ever have. If you want to progress, you've just got to constantly um, be evolving. For sure. And how do you guys organize? I mean, I know it can be very chaotic. And on top of what you do for your consulting, your personal life and all that, how do you organize the emails you need to send, the one that I've been sent, the ones that need follow-ups and the ones who that don't? I think we, I don't know, it just seems to work pretty well, actually. So, uh, we we have a like a group. So I say group. It's uh, both Craig and I on the on the, on the distribution list. So and we always we always CC each other on um, on every single email. So we know who you're inviting and and uh, so we can keep a track of that. And then it's just uh, we have a Google Doc spreadsheet. Um, which we have, these are people that we've asked. This is the status. They're either booked. This is the date that they booked. And and that's pretty much how we track it. And then we'll have like different folders in our email drive to, you know, to to keep the emails that they've they've sent and the email chains and stuff that's related to that guest. So it's pretty, it's pretty basic to be honest with you. We part of the email process and the the going back and forth a little bit is actually part of the relationship building for us. Um, I think it's so important to, to be really polite, uh, to be friendly and, uh, to take an interest in people, especially on email. And, um, we find that that actually works quite well. So there's a, you know, that's why we've kind of also not gone with the whole automated route too. Um, but, uh, but at some point we're going to have to get there because when the podcast starts growing and you have other things going on in your life, it's, it's a good way to make things a bit more efficient. For sure. And so we're getting into some really interesting stuff. One thing that I've been really uncertain about and kind of just want to consult with you, which is I wouldn't call it the deepest relationship uh, with our guests because some of the listeners who have stayed with us a lot longer and, and invested you know, more emotional effort in being part of the tribe. But with some of these guests, some more famous and renowned than the others, how do you keep in touch with them? And do you invite them to say, we love for you to join a, our newsletter or for you to be part of our special, you know, guest newsletter or something along that line where I really did not do a good job at the beginning. I felt like I just kind of lost in touch with them once the interview is said and done. Yeah. So it is a tough one for sure. We don't actually ask people to sign up to our newsletter. Uh, what we what we do do is, is we're very good um, with actually keeping in touch with people. So definitely after each interview, uh, about a week after or a few days after, we will send a thank you email, like a really nice thank you email, uh, together with a whole load of files like audiograms, videos, uh, pictures, etc. And we say, uh, these are for you. Um, and this is the, the link to the website. And this is the email campaign we sent out for you. Uh, if you'd like to share it or, or on your social media or on your website, that would be great. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and then we just keep in touch with people on Instagram. We, we 
just liking people's stuff and commenting every now and then people that, you know, I'm talking about like previous guests is so important. You know, you never know, like it's so important like to just keep that connection with, with your network and your, and your guests and uh, past guests. Hi there. You're listening to the Face World podcast. This is your host, Faye Wu. Born and raised in beautiful South Africa, now living in London, Gareth Martin is a podcaster and executive lifestyle coach. We met through Seth Godin's ELT MBA. Change your question, change your life. What is your why not? I've been creating, since I was a little kid, podcast has been around for, for us for about four and a half years. And I still experience some blocks, not so much of just creative blocks, but sometimes some of the self-doubts of, you know, looking at the stats to think that now, like you said, the podcasting is even a more crowded place than it used to be. So when we started in 2014, a lot of excitement at the time that we weren't promoting as much and there were more downloads. And then it went through a period of us redefining ourselves. And now it's, it's kind of steady but I can feel like it's just more work and harder work to get the show and our message out there. And so do you feel the same way? And what do you do to yourself or for yourself to calm your mind to say, you know what, this is worth doing and I'm going to keep going? Because as you know, so many of us in the industry uh, will stop doing that. And most people, more than 95% will never even start. Like, what do you do? So when it comes to not stopping, right, and dealing with the self-doubts and that, you you and I both uh, know Seth Godin well and, and he's got an amazing book out there called The Dip and I encourage everyone to read that book because it basically explains to you in very simple terms that the reason most people fail in businesses is because Everything starts off amazingly, like you said, uh, with your podcast, it starts off well and you're getting great numbers and stuff. And then you sort of hit a plateau and then things go down and, and maybe it's numbers or, or just, just basically motivation and inspiration goes down and it goes right down and you kind of feel like there's no way out of it. And that's where most people actually end up giving up. It's in the bottom, it's in the dip, but it's the people that persevere and the people that are patient. And I think this is the most important thing that I've found for myself in life, in, in business, is patience is going to eventually win. And you have to have extraordinary amounts of it um, in terms of whatever you're doing, because nothing happens as quickly as you want it to. And you always need to take a step back and recalibrate when times are difficult and remember why you're doing this. And if you can do that, then that journey up out of the dip becomes super enjoyable. We're also really lucky with our podcast because it's Craig and I. So we always have each other to egg each other on. And we constantly remind each other. Uh, we, we actually took a conscious decision not to worry about download numbers because... I mean, it's, it's, a, it's hard, you know, I mean, people don't necessarily talk about their download numbers like much. And it's because we, I guess everyone's, I don't know, maybe shy or, you know, you, 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 you just don't want to, even maybe if you're doing really well, you don't want to boast or whatever, but, but most people are not getting ridiculous download numbers anyway. I think the reason why we do a podcast 
and why people should do a podcast is because you're really passionate about what you do and you need to understand that this is actually a platform for other things and we have we have to constantly remind ourselves of that every single time and and enjoy those good moments enjoy when you get feedback it's a difficult game but i think this is like business in general it's a it's a long game the really interesting part is you know you take guys that have done really well in their life say like you know um, gary vaynerchuk he talks about his youtube videos you know and he's like for 2 years people didn't really watch him. He had like seven seven subscribers or seven likes or whatever you want to call it. And then Rich Roll, you you talk you listen you, if you understand his story and you know about his story, he says that even even early in the day, like he was an original podcaster. Mm-hmm. He yeah. said for the first two years he had no traction. So we have to we have to always remember that the guys that are doing well now, they were in the boat that we are now. You know, it might take two years, might take three years, but you've just got to you just got to hang in there. Um, but also make sure that you're enjoying the journey. Like you have to make sure you're enjoying it so that you can carry on. You know, find the goodness in it, find the joy and happiness in it, and um, that will keep you going. Um, and, and you said something, Gareth, or China, that you said this is just a platform, a springboard to onto many other things. And for you, we start talking about, you know, your coaching practice and such. Like, is there something that you could share with the listeners so they can learn more about you outside of podcasting? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I now work as a an executive and, and lifestyle coach. Um, I, I've done that for about a year now. I was an investment banker for 18 years and that was an amazing time. Like I loved it and I learned so much and I'm super thankful for that. But I, it was never, it was kind of never the end game for me. And uh, I took a, I've been out of banking for two years now. And my first year was, was pretty much finding my feet, to be honest with you. I, I felt like a bit of a one trick pony by leaving banking, because that's all I'd ever done. And you know, it's kind of daunting when you go into this big wide world and there's like now all these other things and opportunities and, and just to figure it out, going from corporate to going to working to yourself is one of the most difficult things you can ever do, I, I think. Um, but yeah, I've just found my passion. And I, I was always passionate about people and helping people. There's so many people that are in a confused state um, of their lives. And I think, and, and for me, if I have to niche it, it's people that are confused about what to do next in terms of work. So I was totally in that state. I knew that I wasn't destined to carry on working for the bank and that I wanted to do something else. I wanted to escape. And, and that is a difficult process to go through in a difficult transition. So anyone that is going through that sort of um, phase of their life, that they are wanting to go from corporates uh, to do something themselves, I, I advise you to 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 find somebody else who's done it and to get them to kind of lend you a hand. And if you can get a coach and you can afford it, then then definitely do that because it saves you a lot of time um, and a lot of figuring stuff out on your own. Um, although I still think the figuring stuff out on your own is, is a good process to go through. It's a good learning process. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's kind of me. That's what I do as opposed to the podcast. I think uh, I interview a lot of people in transitions going through hardships. And you just mentioned that, that you had to figure out a lot of things going from full-time to working for yourself. Uh, what are some of the things that do you think as in the first things that come to mind that as part of a difficult transition for you, was it 
mentally, you know, spiritually or is it financially? What was challenging in particular? It was figuring out what to actually do, to be honest. Like I, like I, I thought I was always very interested in health and I thought I was going to train uh, people like to be a high-end sort of a personal health coach or, or personal trainer. That's obviously, that obviously never happened. Um, so for me, it was figuring out what to actually do. Um, that's why I spent a year. I, I, it, it wasn't financial because I'd planned. I'd planned three years and I, and I advise anybody that's going to do it, plan two years out if you're going to leave. Um, plan financially so that I had um, enough cash and enough runway that I didn't have to worry about it and I wasn't stressed out about what I was going to do. So I spent my first year figuring out what I was going to do and I went to India and I did a yoga, yoga training, meditation teacher training. Um, I studied to be a chef um, for a year and, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was just this full year of finding myself and, you know, discovering what I enjoyed and and figuring out if that was going to work in a business or not. Um, I did Seth Godin's Alt MBA, same as you. The, the one that's the one that brought everything together was an executive coaching diploma that I did, uh, through the university of Cape Town in South Africa. And, it just, it just like, it was like a, a wake up moment. I was like, wow, this is what I'm actually meant to be doing. And I, and I didn't do it in the start because I wanted to be an executive coach. I did it because I understand that there's an art and science to coaching. And I wanted to take that into the, the health side of things. But um, it just reminded me actually how much I like business, how much I like people. And, you know, I think I'm able to share a decent story and, and help other people that are going through it because... Faye, what I remember in my last few years in banking is that nobody was enjoying their job whatsoever. Nobody, seriously. Like it's, it, it used to be a great industry, but now it's like, it's quite a demoralizing industry because everybody is trying to, all the banks are, are cutting costs and uh, letting go of people and nobody's safe. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. And it's not enjoyable anymore either. So I just know that there's lots of people, at least within banking, that feel like that. But I'm sure in other industries, there's lots of people that are the same as well. Yeah. And I love what you what you said about after 18 years of banking, the first year coming out of that, um, financially, you're stable, you're uh, prepared yourself. That is super smart. I echo that completely. And the fact that you took a year off and just to experience things are not even like completely unrelated to banking, uh, yoga, fitness, and um, becoming a chef. And I think, you know, I didn't do that in year one. I'm actually doing that sort of now. Now it's like year three or four into having Face World LLC that I thought, okay, I'm going to study fashion. I'm going to, I want to be able to make my own clothes and then I'm going to work on a book. So I, I love mixing the, we know we have to do the work, but let's stay active. And, and you are a shining example of someone who is, you know, uh, really into fitness. You are, you are fit, you're healthy, and therefore... I think you can really think a lot more clearly as well and, and being able to overcome some of the obstacles. Yeah, I think to to operate efficiently and to operate on the right level, you, you need to be healthy and you need to be healthy on so many different levels. You know, your mental health is super important. and But everything goes, you know, everything contributes towards that and your fitness, what you eat, how, how well you sleep. These are all really, really important. And, and actually just touching on what you said there previously, about trying new things, we literally live once, you know what I mean? And 
if you want to be an interesting people, an interesting person, and you want people to take an interest in you, and and you know you want to have cool conversations with people, you've got to try new things. You know, so like it's so cool listening to you say that you're going to be studying fashion, and you know you've just done your your video series and uh, of, of Phase World, and I can't wait to see that. I mean. These are amazing things that you're doing, and and it's it's having all these branches to ourselves, which make us interesting people. And people mustn't be scared to try new things. Um, I was thinking about this a lot today, or this week at least. Like in business, it's it, I think it is important to kind of niche up and find you know what works um, and find your people and these sort of things, so that so that it's easy for you and easy for them. Uh, but I think as an individual, it's almost the opposite. It's important to do as many things as you can so you can learn about so many different things in life so that you are an interesting person. And, you know, that's just, that's one way to live life. Of course, if you want to be an expert, then spend your time doing that. That's for sure. Go for it. But I think most of us are quite uh, broad and round people. And the more we can try, the, the better it is for us. Yeah, happier life and just have more variety in life. My God, this is this has been wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> cool stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and delight speaking with you. Hi there, it's me again. I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode, and I hope you were able to learn a few things. If you enjoy what you heard, it will be hugely helpful if you could subscribe to the Phase World podcast. It literally takes seconds. If you're on your mobile phone, just search for Phase World podcast in the podcast app on iPhone or an Android app such as Podcast Addict and click subscribe. All new episodes will be delivered to you automatically. Thanks so much for your support.